You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. Microsoft highlights adversaries' experiments with AI LLMs. A misconfiguration exposes a decade's worth of emails. Sentinel-1 describes Cryptina ransomware as a service. The European Court of Human Rights rules against backdoors. Senator Wyden calls out a location data broker. Gold Factory steals facial scans to bypass bank security. The Glow Fertility app exposes the data of 25 million users. Quackbot returns. Our guest Rob Boyce from Accenture talks about tailored extortion. And hacking the airport taxi line leads to prison. It's Thursday, February 15th, 2024. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is your CyberWire Intel Briefing. In a study released by Microsoft, researchers have observed advanced threat actors from nations including China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia experimenting with large language models. No substantial misuse for carrying out notable cyber attacks has been documented yet, but this exploration into AI by some of the world's most formidable cyber powers raises concerns over potential applications in cyber attacks, disinformation campaigns, and the creation of sophisticated spear phishing emails. However, Microsoft's findings in partnership with OpenAI indicate that the direst predictions about AI exploitation in cyber warfare have not yet come to fruition. The investigation, which is a joint effort between Microsoft and OpenAI, details activities like the Russian hacking group Fancy Bear delving into satellite communications protocols and technologies, suggesting a preliminary interest in leveraging LLMs for gathering in-depth technical knowledge possibly to support cyber operations. The report highlights the use of LLMs by Iranian and North Korean hackers to generate deceptive spear phishing emails designed to direct victims to malicious websites. For instance, Iranian hackers, identified as Crimson Sandstorm, create emails impersonating an international development agency and targeted prominent feminists with a fake website on feminism. Additionally, the report highlights attempts by hackers from the monitored countries to employ LLMs for generating and refining malicious scripts and code, although with mixed success. A notable example includes the Chinese hacking group Chromium, 
which utilized LLMs to enhance scripting for cyber operations, while another group, Sodium, faced limitations due to the model's built-in safeguards against generating harmful code. Microsoft's report not only provides a snapshot of current LLM usage by state-backed hackers, but also outlines a set of principles aimed at preventing AI abuse. These include efforts to identify and disrupt malicious use of LLMs, notifying other AI providers of potential abuses, and maintaining transparency about threats. We note that Microsoft is a CyberWire partner. Krebs on Security reports that U.S. Internet Corporation, based in Minnesota, inadvertently exposed over a decade's worth of internal and client emails from its Securance email filtering service, affecting thousands of domains and inboxes, including those of state and local governments. The security lapse, revealed by cybersecurity firm Hold Security, allowed anyone with Internet access to view these emails in plain text. The exposure was quickly addressed after Krebs on Security contacted U.S. Internet's CEO, Travis Carter. However, the company's explanation, attributing the issue to a misconfigured Ansible playbook for their IMAP servers, did little to clarify how such a significant oversight occurred. Additionally, Securance's link scrubbing service was found to be manipulated by hackers to redirect the malicious sites, further compromising security. Despite the immediate rectification of the exposed inboxes, U.S. Internet has yet to publicly acknowledge the breach or detail the extent of the exposure. Sentinel-1 has published research on the Cryptina ransomware-as-a-service offering, initially launched as a commercial product on underground forums in December of 2023. Cryptina has now transitioned to an open-source crimeware project aimed at Linux systems, Cryptina was designed to be a lightweight, customizable solution for cybercriminals, featuring both 32- and 64-bit compatibility and payment options through Monero and Bitcoin. Despite initial attempts to sell it, the creator released the source code publicly, potentially due to a lack of buyers, or to gain notoriety within the cybercriminal community. This shift to open source could significantly impact the prevalence and diversity of ransomware attacks on Linux systems, by lowering entry barriers for low-skilled attackers and encouraging the development of new variants. Cryptina's capabilities include file encryption using AES-256 algorithm, secure deletion of files to hinder recovery, and a web interface for campaign management and victim communication. The European Court of Human Rights ruled that weakening end-to-end encryption poses a disproportionate risk to human rights, This decision challenges the European Commission's plans to mandate backdoors for law enforcement in email and messaging services. The ruling followed a case where Russia demanded Telegram provide access to encrypted messages to combat terrorism. Telegram argued it was technically impossible to comply without compromising all users' privacy. The European Court of Human Rights agreed stating that confidentiality in communications is crucial for private life and correspondence. Privacy advocates argue that creating backdoors not only risks mass surveillance, but also undermines security for all users by potentially allowing criminals access. The ECHR's stance sends a clear message against compromising encryption, emphasizing the need for alternatives in law enforcement tactics rather than weakening digital security measures. 
An investigation by Senator Ron Wyden alleges that online data broker Near Intelligence tracked visits to nearly 600 Planned Parenthood locations across 48 states for a massive anti-abortion ad campaign. This revelation has raised concerns about the potential use of such data by states to prosecute women after the Supreme Court's abortion ruling. Wyden has called for investigations by the FTC and SEC into Near Intelligence, The company's promotional materials claim to have data on 1.6 billion individuals worldwide. The campaign's scale, unprecedented in its use of location data for targeting reproductive health clinics, has sparked criticism and calls for tighter privacy regulations. Wyden also highlighted concerns about what he says are Nears misleading claims to investors. The company filed for bankruptcy last December, and Wyden is urging the FTC to block the sale of the collected data amidst Nears bankruptcy proceedings. A Chinese-speaking cybercrime group known as Gold Factory has launched a sophisticated attack targeting iOS users. Their malware, goldpickaxe.ios, is designed to steal facial scans to infiltrate and extract money from bank accounts, focusing primarily on users in Thailand and possibly Vietnam. This malware masquerades as the Thai government's official digital pensions app, exploiting biometric verification checks to bypass banking app security measures. Researchers from Group IB highlighted the malware's capability to collect biometric data, ID documents, intercept SMS, and proxy traffic, making it notably advanced in comparison to its Android counterpart. The malware's rapid development to circumvent new facial biometric security measures implemented in Thailand underscores the cybercriminal group's skill and adaptability. We note that despite reports implying that this is some sort of bypass of Apple's Face ID hardware, it appears to be more a case of social engineering to convince users to upload photos of their faces. A vulnerability in the online forum of the fertility tracking app Glow exposed personal data of approximately 25 million users. Discovered by security researcher Ovi Lieber, the bug revealed users' names, age groups, locations, unique user identifiers, and any uploaded images. Lieber found the data leakage through Glow's developer API, which was mistakenly accessible to the public, and reported the issue to Glow in October. The company fixed the leak about a week later. Despite the fix, Glow has not publicly discussed the bug's impact. This incident follows previous privacy concerns with Glow, including a 2016 Consumer Reports finding of accessible user data and a 2020 fine from California's Attorney General for inadequate data protection. The Quackbot malware, also known as Qbot, has seen new activity with developers experimenting with fresh builds since mid-December, This follows its takedown by law enforcement last August. The malware, traditionally spread through email campaigns, has been a vector for various malicious payloads, including ransomware, affecting over 700,000 systems and causing financial damages of over $58 million. Despite the disruption of its command and control servers, its spam delivery infrastructure remains intact, leading to a resurgence. Recent samples observed by Sophos XOPS use fake Adobe installers and enhanced obfuscation techniques to evade detection, including checks for antivirus software and virtualized environments. 
coming up after the break. Our guest Rob Boyce from Accenture talks about tailored extortion. Stay with us. In the complex world of enterprise identity, securing legacy web apps at scale can be daunting. Strata Identity makes it simple. With Strata, you can effortlessly integrate non-standard apps with any identity service, like MFA or SSO, with zero coding and zero hassle. Designed by identity architects for identity architects, Strata works with every vendor, standard and app architecture. This means your apps can now speak modern protocols and integrate seamlessly with your chosen identity services. From securing on-prem web apps to migrating away from outdated identity providers or consolidating them, Strata helps you keep your complex access policies as you modernize your identity infrastructure and get rid of technical debt. Join leading organizations like 3M, Dallas County, and CIBC in securing your apps with Strata. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity security priorities, and receive a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations with over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. Everybody, I want to take a few minutes here and talk about our sponsor, Splunk. You know, you need to keep operations humming around the clock, but potential disruptions are everywhere. Splunk helps you predict problems and find and fix issues fast so you can reduce risk and ditch downtime. The world's largest enterprises rely on Splunk's unified security and observability platform to become more efficient, resilient, and innovative. With Splunk, you can react quickly, evolve faster, and be ready for anything. Stay ahead of disruptions. Learn more at splunk.com slash resilience. And joining me once again is Robert Boyce. He is Managing Director and Global Lead for Cyber Resilience at Accenture. Rob, welcome back. Thank you, Dave. So I know you and your colleagues have been taking a look at this uh, this notion of tailored extortion, that some of the threat actors there are really uh, tightening their focus here. What can you share with us today? Yeah, I just find this is a, a super interesting um, evolution to me. Like, I think we've we've all seen this evolution from you know ransomware to data theft to extortion over the last few years. But we're now starting to see with high velocity um, threat actors just going after data and only data. And then we were always curious, okay, well, what is that actually going to mean? Because there's the single extortion attempt against an organization. Uh, but now what we're seeing is these threat actors using much more tailored uh, extortion tactics at an individual level. So as a couple of examples, you know, we're starting to see, um, based on the data that's being stolen, um, sometimes it's very personal data. It could be chats. It could be, we've actually seen in some instances of uh, nude photos of executives at organizations being taken. And now those executives are being held for ransom personally, as opposed to the organization. So it's just putting a little bit more pressure on the payment possibilities for threat actors based on that data type. 
you know, we're also seeing trends if threat actors will um, formally, intentionally go after uh, and try and find if an organization has a, uh, a cyber insurance policy. And if they have a cyber insurance policy, they're taking the data from that policy and using it to benchmark um, what their payment would be. So they're going to go to the maximum allowable within the policy, uh, which I find super interesting. We always thought there was a correlation between organizations who had cyber insurance and those who are being targeted. We see that a little less to be true, but we're seeing a huge focus on trying to find if an organization has a policy and then leveraging the data within that policy to help with the uh, extortion component as well. When you see this kind of expansion of extortion into people's personal lives, what does that mean for the organization? You know, I, I think of you know, organizations will very often have life insurance policies for their, their key uh, executives. You know, do, do we have to extend that into uh, people looking at their personal lives and, and making sure that there's nothing there that could embarrass the organization? I think the future will tell a little bit on that one. I, it's it's an interesting concept. I've actually had not thought about that of of creating additional almost um, personal liability insurance for for individuals uh, and organizations. Uh, and and right now, truthfully, it is mostly executives who are being targeted because those are the ones who have the bigger decision making process within an organization. But you know, we we've seen. Oh man, we've we've seen so many. We we have like either twenty three and me breach. Another great example where we're actually have starting to see. Um, you know, uh, focused harassment for um, CEOs or executives uh, that are Jewish, as an example, right? So there's there's just so much the data that's available that people are using to to try and target. I think you know another interesting aspect of this to me is the victimology. So we haven't really talked about victimology too much, but this has changed victimology immensely, I believe, in the last year, year and a half, where you know previously. National critical infrastructure was off limits for the most part, more or less. You know, again, healthcare, oil and gas, utilities, etc. But this data-only extortion uh, has uh, opened up uh, everyone being a victim. So I think we've seen like an eight hundred percent increase in healthcare organizations being targeted from data extortion, over three hundred percent for oil and gas. You know, it's it's been quite a you know quite a huge uh, leap forward. Now that those you know those gates are open for those uh, those executives, we've actually even seen Lockbit 3.0. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but they mm. they have these affiliate uh, affiliate rules with uh, you know for those who want to be a Lockbit 3.0 affiliate, and they had a rule in there where you were not allowed to use uh, launch a ransomware against healthcare. But they have changed that, so now you can uh, do data theft and extortion. So they've actually changed, the threat actors are changing the rules within their programs uh, as well, which I find, you know, super interesting. Yeah. I, I just can't help thinking about CISOs trying to deal with this sort of thing and the, the potentially uncomfortable conversations with leadership and their organizations. Yeah, for sure. And actually, speaking about CISOs, one more interesting point on this extortion is we're also seeing a change in bug bounty. How threat actors are uh, approaching bug bounties. So hmm. previously, as you know, they find a bug, they report it, they hope to get paid by the organization. But what is happening now is if the organization refuses to pay them, they will then use that bug actively in the wild. They will they will steal data, and then they will publicize the fact that the company knew about it and they chose to do nothing. 
And so we have seen that happen. So when you think about liabilities for CISOs and the concern about how to protect the personal lives of their employees, they also have to consider the personal liability for themselves as well uh, when they may turn down a bug bounty uh, and then it gets used against them uh, publicly. And now that we've seen what uh, the SolarWinds breach and that attempt, uh, uh, personal uh, liability on a CISO is, you know, is um, it's very concerning for people in these positions. Well, we saw the recent uh, example where one of the threat actors uh, you know, ratted out an organization to the SEC. That's new. No, that's that's example. That's a great example. It's like you you pay me now or you pay fines later. Mm. <laughs> that's your choice. That's the choice they gave them, basically. Right. Um, so it's it's fascinating, uh, honestly. How the just the, the the tactics are continuing to evolve just enough to put more and more pressure on either the individual or the organization to pay. Yeah. All right. Well, Robert Boyce is Managing Director and Global Lead for Cyber Resilience at Accenture. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-plus year partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. And finally, two individuals from Queens, New York, have been sentenced to prison after having been convicted of running a sophisticated hacking operation to manipulate the taxi dispatch system at Kennedy Airport. Daniel Abayev, the orchestrator, received a four-year sentence, while Peter Lehman, responsible for collecting fees, was sentenced to two years. The duo, in collaboration with Russian hackers, launched their scheme in November of 2019, utilizing malware introduced via a flash drive to gain unauthorized access to the taxi dispatch system. This intrusion enabled them to offer line-skipping services to taxi drivers for a $10 fee, disrupting the airport's orderly queue system and facilitating up to 1,000 fraudulent taxi trips daily. The hacking operation not only breached the dispatch system's security, but reportedly also resulted in over $3.4 million in losses to the Port Authority. These guys tried to cook up a cybercriminal express lane, but their final destination was prison. And that's The Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector. 
as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Stokes. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive producers are Jennifer Iben and Brandon Karp. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging and time-consuming. Enter Vanta. Vanta gives you one place to centralize and scale your security program, quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for ISO 27001, SOC 2, and more. You can leverage Vanta's market-leading trust management platform to unify risk management and secure the trust of your customers. Plus, use Vanta AI to save time when completing security questionnaires. CyberWire daily listeners can get $1,000 off by going to vanta.com cyber. That's V-A-N-T-A dot cyber.